hello and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Join us as we have different guests and topics that address what's going on in our world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Greater Than Podcast. My name's Elijah Merle. What a surprise we had on season seven, episode one. We had Commander Kelly. What an amazing episode. I didn't tell many people, only a couple of people even knew that she was gonna be on the podcast. So surprise, surprise, surprise. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. Uh, Commander Kelly had just, she was just so amazing and sweet to take out time to pour into us here who are a part of the Greater Than Podcast podcast. That's you. And I want to thank you, the listener, for making it possible, for making it uh, available where people can come and pour into us and we can get revelation and we can hear amazing stories of the goodness and faithfulness of God. I tell you, Commander hit me with a crossover there. I couldn't remember the the NME, but I did redeem myself, man. Like I said, if you haven't heard that episode, go listen to it. Now, today, oh my goodness. we Listen, it's greater than podcast, all right? We are greater than podcast. You knew, if you can't be greater than podcast and talk about what's going on in the world and culture from a biblical perspective without talking about boycotting. Boycotting here lately has been such a prevalent thing, so uh, up in front where Christians are concerned. Man, I'm seeing post after post, boycott this, boycott that. You know, uh, a lot of boycotts have been going on recently. I remember back in my generation, the first time that I heard about boycotting was when Harry Potter came out. And a lot of you guys who are around my age and, and even older, you remember the boycotting that took place where Harry Potter was concerned. Man, oh man, oh man. Well, listen, before we get into it, we're gonna have to pray because with an episode like this, we're gonna have to pray before we do this. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this time this season. I thank you for the listeners. I love each and every one of them. I pray that they're having an awesome day. Father, Father, I ask that you give us revelation, that which would bring us up higher in you. Show us in the Bible how to boycott like Jesus. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. There's been a lot going on, a lot of talks about it here lately, man. I want to start in Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Yeah, it was, first of all, it was Harry Potter. Then it was Starbucks. Then it's Target. It's it's Disney. There's a new TV show on FX about something about Satan's daughter or something like that. That's, I'm hearing stuff about that now too. It's just so prevalent. It's, It's all over the place. What does the Bible have to say about these things? What does the Bible have to say about boycotting? Uh, John 15, 18 through 19 says, if the world hates you, Jesus is talking, of course, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. I'm just going to read some verses to you. Matthew 18, 33 Jesus is talking here with Pilate and Pilate says, uh, called Jesus to him. And he said, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered and said, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Oh, Jesus is such a, he's such an OG, man. I, I love Jesus, man. He's like, are you, are you asking for yourself or because you heard it from somebody else say it? 
Oh man, he's an OG. Here's what happens. Here's what he goes on to say. Pilate says, am I a Jew? Your own nation and, the chief, and your chief priests have delivered you to me. And what have you done? Watch this. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. Time out. What are we supposed to seek first? We are supposed to, oh my, oh, that's good. What are we supposed to seek first? We're supposed to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What did Jesus say about said kingdom? My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from here. Point number one, we're talking about, we want to ask the question, how, how did Jesus boycott? How did he protest in the scriptures? And this podcast may not be a super long one because like I said, this is this is this shouldn't be. Well, <laughs> let me stop. <laughs> you guys who are listening to it, you know, like I've said many times, you know how long this was going to go. So I don't even need to make any kind of promises. Matthew 23, 13 through 17. But woe to you, Jesus is saying, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourself nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation or greater judgment. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. <laughs> I love Jesus. Woe to you, blind guides who say, whosoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obligated to perform it. Fools and blind. For which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold. Ooh, there's so much there, but we don't have time for it. That's a whole nother podcast. But notice what Jesus is saying here. Woe to you. He's protesting. Notice what he's saying. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you bunch of hypocrites. You shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. You don't go in yourselves. You don't allow those who are entering in to go. In the first century, there would have been any number of issues for a good, faithful Jew to protest against and boycott. Of course, at this time, Israel is under the foreign uh, thumb of the city of Rome. And many Roman uh, cultures and religious ideas are completely offensive to the Jew and also to us who are believers, to Christians. So our first clue is that Jesus never led a protest against Rome. Matter of fact, towards the end of his life, they went when he was about to make the ultimate sacrifice. What did they do? They wanted Barabbas. Why did they want Barabbas? Because Barabbas was out here putting in the work. He was out here killing Romans. And actually, Barabbas's name is Bar-Jesus. They literally voted for another Jesus. 
That's enough. No, 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 no. That's that's oh, this is good. I like it already. But see this this other Jesus. See, this other Jesus, he was out there doing it. He was out there molly whopping. He was out there, he was murking people. He was getting them up out of here. You see, but Jesus, all he's talking about is, is this new kingdom. And so what we thought, well, what they thought he meant, the Jewish people thought that he meant, I should say, was that he was going to take down Rome. They were trying, they forced, they tried to forcibly make him king. But Jesus conveyed himself away. Why? Because his kingdom is not of the world. His kingdom is not of this world. Ooh. They saw, the, the Pharisees saw Jesus as a sellout to corrupt culture in their zeal to protect religious uh, ordinances. They had strayed from the intent of the law of God. Didn't Jesus say that? You've negated the heavier things of the law. They turned Judaism into something twisted and corrupted. So, in fact, Jesus did protest against something, but it wasn't Rome, the world. He protested against the Pharisees. Search the Gospels. Listen, search the scriptures. You'll see absolutely no condemnation for the Roman occupation by Jesus. This was one of the things that drove the religious leaders mad. That's why they were hating on him. It was, the ele- it was the proverbial elephant in the room that Jesus never addressed. He never talked about condemning Rome. The one driving topic of conversation among the Jews was Rome, the thumb of Rome, being under the thumb of Rome, and Jesus refused to wade in on it. He refused to weigh in. Good. You want me to show it to you? <laughs> We're talking about how to boycott like Jesus. Let me show it to you. Matthew twenty-two fifteen through 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. They sent to him their disciples with the, with the, with the Herodians saying, the, the Herodians, by the way, represents a political power. Those who are making a push in the political realm. Jesus said, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of the uh, Herodians. Uh, Herod's people, politician, uh, political things. Watch out for religion. That's what the Pharisees represent. Don't get caught up in religion and don't get caught up in politics. <laughs> so you've got religion and politics represented right here. And they say, teacher, we know that you're true. You teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone for you do not regard the person of men. I love this stuff, man. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Here it is. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? See, Jesus was always, he he never addressed these things, so they just asked him outright. But Jesus perceived their wickedness, and here's what he said. Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, whose image and inscription is in this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard these words, they marveled and left them and went their way. Jesus didn't take the bait. 
His kingdom is not of this world. Uh, let's look at Paul. I want to talk about Paul. How did Paul, how, how did Paul, what did Paul protest? How did he protest? And then we're going to put both examples together and look at, well, we'll get to that. No spoilers here. We'll get to that. How did Paul do it? <laughs> First Timothy 1, uh, 19 through 20 says, having faith and a good conscience, which some having reject, rejected concerning the faith have suffered, have suffered, excuse me, their shipwreck of whom are uh, Himenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. We have a podcast called Hand It Over to Satan, question mark, and we talk about some of these things more in depth. But he's telling them, I'm handing them over to Satan so that Satan can beat them up and destroy them and kill them and that they're out of the picture. No, I'm handing them over to Satan that they learn not to blaspheme. He's, he's calling them out. He's protesting. He's calling them out. These guys have shipwrecked the faith. He's calling them out. He said, this is not right. This is not okay. But he's delivered them to Satan that they would learn not to blaspheme. Uh, Galatians chapter one. Let's look at another instance here. Galatians chapter one, six through nine, about how Paul, how he would boycott and pro protest. What was that? What was I about to say? Protest. <laughs> I protested things. Galatians one, six through nine. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from who, from him who called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you've received, let him be accursed. This is strong, strong language that the apostle Paul is using when he says, let him be accursed. Paul is saying outright, if somebody else does it, get him up out of here. Let a, cur let, let, let a curse rest on him. Let him be accursed. Strong language, strong language here. Let's look at chapter five of Galatians because Galatians is, is Paul protesting about racism. Really it is because he's talking to people who have been told that they are supposed to uh, be circumcised like the Jewish people were. But we have circumcision of heart in the new covenant. And I'm so thankful that we do. <laughs> we have circumcision of heart in the new covenant. Of course there. Well, anyway, that's another thing. If I did see, I, I stopped myself guys. I'm doing good because if I would have kept going, that's another 10 minutes there. And then the podcast goes longer. All right, here we go. Galatians chapter five, 11 through 12. And I brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? And he's saying, if I'm in this bandwagon preaching circumcision, why on earth am I suffering persecution then? Obviously, I'm not preaching that. <laughs> then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you, watch this, would even cut themselves off. The message, trans the message translation, which is a paraphrase, says it like this. This is Paul protesting against something. 
As for the rumor that I continue to preach the ways of circumcision as I did in those pre-Damascus Road days, this is absurd. Why should I still be persecuted then? If I were preaching that old message, no one would be offended if I mentioned the cross now and then. It would be so watered down, it wouldn't matter one way or the other. Why don't these agitators, <laughs> obsessed as they are about circumcision, go all the way and castrate themselves? That's what that word means cut themselves off. He's literally saying, I wish that they would castrate themselves. Go all in. You so obsessed about it. But notice it's strong language, but notice Paul is violently protesting people coming in and preaching circumcision. He is against it. 1000%. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're about to dig into it now. You ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 9 through 13. New Living Translation. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols, you would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people, don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders. It is certainly your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. Once again, this is talking about the individual who was having sexual relations with his mother-in-law. <laughs> I tell you what, that's anyway, never mind. He was having sexual relations with his mother-in-law. He was with his daddy's wife. And Paul said, this is some kind of stuff that is not even heard of in the world, which I mean, there's some crazy stuff that was happening in the world, but Paul's making a very valid point. There was some crazy stuff that was happening during this time in, in, in Corinth and in these different places. But he's saying like, this is, this is a new one. He say, I don't want anybody. I want you guys to practice social distancing, <laughs> turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved. What does that mean? Go back in, into the podcast, scroll, search in the podcast, greater than podcast, hand it over to Satan, question mark. And we would talk about it in depth. But notice what he says here, starting out. Verse nine, New Living Translation. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin, but I wasn't talking about unbelievers you would have to leave this 
world. The only way to avoid contact with immoral people in this world is to leave the world. To apply this principle to the boycott issue, the only way to avoid businesses that support ungodly practices is to leave the world completely. Yeah, I went right, my, my lips were right up on the mic. Yeah, that's right. You heard me. You'd have to leave the world completely. Here's what we got to remember about Disney, FX, you know, Starbucks, Target, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, comic books, all these things. Here's what you got to remember. These are sexual, uh, not sexual, secular <laughs> companies that never claim to be Christian. They're worldly. It's a different thing for me from what I can see in scripture. It's a different thing if we're talking about Chick-fil-A doing something. If Chick-fil-A did something that was against the Bible. If they were involved in the Hobby Lobby. If they did something that was uh blatantly against the Bible, blatantly against what the word says, then give me a sign, bro. Let's protest. Why? Why, why do it that way? Because the Bible says in first Peter four seventeen, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? If, if I'm going to hold up a protest sign, it should be on the front lawn of a mega church that's rewriting the requirements for salvation, that's publishing its own version of the Bible, that's displaying cult-like behaviors. My desire should be for the truth of the gospel, just like Paul. He's saying, oh, I wish these folks who are so blatant, who are saying that you got to be circumcised, I wish they cut themselves. That's what you protest. That's what you go from what I see in scripture. But yet to be opposed to a secular company for its anti-biblical actions, that's a temporary and empty battle at best. So you just going to boycott the world for being the world? Huh? Is that what you, is that, is that what we doing? Where's that same energy? Where's that same energy for a church that's saying you need to do this and do that to be right with God? Uh-oh. When Jesus is our righteousness, we are only made righteous by believing in Jesus. Where, where the folk boycotting that church that's preaching about you need to do this, this, and this to be righteous? Well, where the folk boycotting the church that says that, that healing is not for today? Uh-oh. Well, where the folks at the boycotting People and, and things where people are all the time talking about judging people. The Bible said, judge not. Yeah, Elijah, but you just read a verse where Paul said to the church that they needed to judge. Yeah, uh-huh. Let me tell you, how, you, wanna, you ready for me to break it down? Judging them who are sinning, practicing sin, judging the fruit that comes on that tree. If the tree is constantly producing sin, I'm going to have to judge it. Well, if you see a tree that's, that's putting apples, what do you judge it as? That's an apple tree. If you see somebody who's sinning in the church, 
continuously sinning over and over. What do you got to do? Oh, we got to We got to turn that person over to Satan. But we're not talking about, but we got people in church judging folks for what they wearing. Golly, you judging the girl coming in and she got on a tight dress and you judging her talking about, oh, that bimbo, that, 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 that I'm, I'm going to speak candid now. You, you the kids may not need to be around here. That hoe. Homie, did you even offer to buy her some clothes? Uh-oh. Whoops. Yeah, I, I think that puts you on, under the category of James, but even a whole lot works where James talks about you're looking at people and telling them, be clothed, be fed. You ain't even doing nothing for them. Let me calm down, bro. Where's, where's the protest for these things? I told you we we're going to go back to Paul and Jesus and look at their example where boycotting is concerned and protesting. We're going to look at two very similar and at the same time different things that happen in the life of both Jesus and the second greatest apostle of all the Bible, Paul. Well, who's the first if it's not Paul? Jesus. John chapter two and verse 13. This is Jesus's story or happening. We, we say story. We're not talking about this. This is a happening. It happened. It's an account of something that took place. Now, the Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business when he had made a whip. Jesus out here, man, he whipping and he's doing the nay-nay in a little different time, though, man. You're going to watch him whip in a few minutes. When he made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changer's money and overturned the tables. This guy's flipping tables. He's got the whip. He's on that Indiana Jones, man. He's got the whip. He's doing all these things, man. And what does he say? He says to, to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Watch this one. Verse 17. Then his disciples remembered that it was written zeal for your house has eaten me up. Acts 17, 16 through 17. And then we're going to skip down to verse 22 through 25. Let's begin. We're seeing that the first example, Jesus is overturning tables. He goes into the temple. He sees all this going on. Zeal for the father's house is eating them up. He's saying, don't make my father's house a house of merchandise. Now watch this though with, with Paul. Now, while Paul waited for them at, 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 at um, Athens, his spirit was provoked within him. When he saw that the city was given over to idols, therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Skip on down to verse 22. He's in the middle of uh, talking to the people who have all these idols. Then Paul stood in the midst and said, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship. I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, 
I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives all since, excuse me, since he gives to all life, breath and all things. Now, I want you to notice this with me. Two of God's, you know, Obviously, number one, the King of Kings and the Lord, the Lord is Jesus. He's going into a temple. Paul goes into a temple. Jesus in this temple that he's in overturns tables, knocks down, you know, throw, throws the money, pours out the money that's being there, overturning tables, got the whip out in that temple. But Paul goes to a temple where the Bible says that his spirit was provoked. He was provoked to do something. His spirit was provoked within him, but yet he stood in the middle of that temple with all of these gods and false idols and didn't overturn one table. What was the difference, ladies and gentlemen? One was the house of God. One was the world. Come on, man. Do you see this? Do you see this? Paul didn't compromise his message. He said, hey, there's only one God, but he won't over there overthrowing no table. He didn't knock one God, one idol down. He didn't do it. He came in there. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 16, that we are to be, we're sent to be sheep in the midst of wolves we're to be wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. Paul used wisdom. He was wise in how he did this. And we even know of places where they burned their, uh, their the, the books and the witchcraft and the doctrines that they had released. They burned it. They gave it over. But Paul didn't come in there with a, a torch and lighting up all the libraries where they've got the books of all these false gods. And he didn't do that. They did it. In another place, it may have been the same place. I don't even know. I didn't even read that far. But I'm what I'm saying is simply this. Paul didn't go in burning up people's books, knocking down people's idols. He came into the place with some measure of respect to them, not to the idols because they're not real, but some respect to people and said, hey, listen up. I'm letting you know. I'm here to talk about that unknown God. He's the one that you are to worship. He did it without compromising, but watch this. He didn't protest. He was simply a light. But Jesus, when he went into the father's house, believers, people who believed in the great God, Jehovah, and he saw them doing that, the zeal of the house of God consumed him. And he overthrew tables. And he made a whip. Two totally different, very similar, but totally different responses. One was in what would have been then called the church. And one was in the middle of the world. <sighs> Point number three, let's wrap it up. Your conscience. Here's my thing about this, man, boycotting, doing things of that nature. Here's what I would say. Romans 14, two through five. Oh, I love Romans 14. 
It's one of my favorite books of the whole Bible. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Who are you to judge another man's servant? For to his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he'll be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. Skip on down to verse 22. Do you have faith? Oh, this is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. In other words, you got faith about eating? You got faith about not eating? Great. Keep it between you and God. In other words, do you have faith about getting something from Starbucks? Do you have faith about not getting something from Starbucks? Okay, great. Keep it to yourself. Have it towards yourself with God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. I want you to imagine it's after a church service at Corinth and they're going and they're walking and they're going into, you know, lunch. Cause a lot of times when you're after church, what do you do? You go get lunch. And I want you to imagine that there's this guy named Publius and Publius is met by this guy named Felonius. Then Felonius goes up to Publius after the service and says, Hey Publius, did you hear? He says to Felonius, I don't know. I hear what, what are you talking about? Bro at the marketplace, they're selling meat that was sacrificed to idols. Publius says, what? I didn't know that. Yeah, bro. I'm telling you, man, they are selling meat. And they what they did was they sacrificed it to an idol. And Publius is like, man, that's crazy. What's, what's the other guy's name? I done forgot his name. Felonius, whatever his name is. He says, well, you know, me and the missus, we ain't going over there no more to that marketplace. We boycotting them. Are you, are you, are you, are you with us, Publius? Publius, he's over there. He already did a mobile order. He, he about to pay. You go pick him up a T-bone after this. And then division happens into the church. And Felonius is judging Publius and Publius is despising Felonius. And there's this whole thing going on and Paul has to write about it. But notice it, man, this is happening in the marketplace. That's where they're buying this meat. The marketplace back in those days was so perverse. It was basically a walking porn market, man. You you had people that were the goddess Diana, which was the goddess of fertility. What they would do is they would have orgies uh, to, to worship and praise this goddess Diana. That's what they did in the marketplace. And people are picking up meat and eating it. And these folks are despising them. How dare you go to that marketplace? We need to boycott them. And what does Paul say? Let each man be fully convinced in his own mind. 
If you're fully convinced in your own mind, we're not going to subscribe to Disney Plus. We're not going to go to Disneyland. We're not going to go to Starbucks. We're not going to go to Target. We're not going to do this, that, or the other. Here's my only thing. Here's the only thing I would say to you in scripture. Make sure that you're fully convinced about it in your own mind. And here's the second thing I'll say to you. Do you have faith about it? Are you fully convinced about it? Great. Keep it between you and God. Don't go up. Felonius doesn't need to be going up to Publius and trying to tell him, don't you ever go over there and buy nothing. Because if you're going to do this, you would have to leave the world. Well, Elijah, one of these days, bless God, when the trumpet sounds, we're all going to leave this world, bless God. You do realize, homeboy, homegirl, that that only takes place because the Christians have gone into all the world. Man, I'm just getting all close into the mic today. That's only going to happen after the gospel's been preached to the world. To the world. To the world. Then the end comes. If you if we if you go on a boycott and it becomes successful, here's a question I want to ask as I wrap it up. What are those people going to do that will work in there? Are you going to cover their costs too? Are you going to support their families? <laughs> now listen, man. You know, well, Elijah, bless God. God would never have a believer working at a place that was ungodly. You never heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You never heard of Daniel? You never heard of Joseph? I guess you never heard of it. You, uh, man, let me wrap it up, man. Where this is concerned, listen, if you come with me talking about, you don't need to go to Starbucks anymore, man. And you come preaching to me your conscience, Instead of me finding out what my conscience, being fully convinced in my own mind, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and get me a, a, a grande from over there, bro. You ain't my conscience. Don't you come over here. I got to be fully convinced in my own mind. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until it was all leavened. God is caught. There are people that there are Christians that work at Disney. I know there are Christians that work at Disney. There are Christians who work at Starbucks. There are Christians who work at Target. God's called them to be 11. That's hid. Ooh, that's infiltrating the world. Until it's all been leavened. We're called to be salt and light in the church. Mm -mm. We're called to be salt and light in the world. Jesus said, and I'm done with this verse, John 13, 34 through 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you may also love one another for by this will all know that you are my disciples. If you boycott everything, Oh, wait, for by this will all men know you are my disciples. If you speak out against target, and tell all these folk who work there to go. Oh, wait, by this shall you know, if you're my disciples, if you call the folks who were working at the MCU, watch out. Cause they're trying to, they're trying to, trying to hurt my children, bro. They're inclusive. They include everybody. They, they got, shows about people who are Muslim people who are homosexuality they trying to get everybody alright you gotta remember this Disney ain't made no commitment to you to be saved they ain't no Christian company 
But I tell you what, if Veggie Tales, uh oh, if Veggie Tales did something blatantly against what's written in the book, I'm gonna be the first one to pop. Uh oh, I'm gonna be the first one to boycott. I'm gonna be the first one to speak out against it because that's something I grew up with. If I hear all of a sudden that all of a sudden now they got they got homosexual char- characters and Veggie Tales. That's when, oh man, you're going to hear me go off. They'll know that we're his disciples by our love for one another. The zeal of the father's house should be what moves us. Yep, 40 minutes. That sounds about right. Father God, thank you so much for everybody who's listening, who's taking out time to join in this podcast today. Lord, help us to keep the main thing, the main thing. Help us to love like you love. And help us to boycott like Jesus did. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys so much. Leave a review, a comment on Apple Podcast. My name is Elijah Burrow. It's season seven of GTP. And don't ever you forget this one. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. To find out more, visit our website at MerleMinistries.com.